The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's the last Friday of summer, but we're holding on as long as we can. We're taking a look back at how your favorite soaps are positioning themselves for the fall as well as some fall primetime television series previews and a look at Kroll Call. Today on Soap Central Live. What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Welcome back from Cruise Landia, Richard Sims. Thank you. you I'm very sorry to be back. Charlie said that that for the first couple days I was back, I was off. Uh, and I think that's because I was on like coming down from like a seven day hangover. <laughs> so you had a good time. I had an awesome time. It was the best time ever. It couldn't literally could not have been better. I mean, we went through some rain, but I didn't mind rain. I was sitting in a bar, uh, went to Atlantis, which was amazing. Uh, just yeah, everything about it was was pretty much perfect. Well, we're going to talk about things that are perfect, and we're going to talk about things that aren't perfect, and we're going to talk about things that are soaps and things that aren't soaps. But what do you say we start with some familiar ground and talk about some soapy things? I'm ready. Well, then I will start a show. For those of you who are just tuning in and listening to the banter, this is Soap Central Live, and I'm your host, Dan Kroll. We are chatting with Richard Sims, the executive editor of Soap's In-Depth Magazine. There's an ABC version. There's a CBS version. If you like days, you can look in the CBS version. Not sure why, but anyway, that's where it is. We are coming to you from San Francisco this week. Richard is back home in the home office in New Jersey. I am traveling and doing sorts of crazy things, but it doesn't matter where I am. I still have time to talk about soaps and there are four very interesting and very different soaps going on in the world right now i would like to start with the bold and the beautiful it has been you know i said this on twitter the other day uh, just a little bit earlier this week i'd mentioned that for whatever reason richard i don't know how they've done it but the bold and the beautiful has somehow managed to come up with a way that every character every performer that's on that show has chemistry with the people who they share scenes with. There's not one awkward pairing or, or placement that I've seen in quite some time. I would agree. And you know what I think part of that is? Um, Charlie and I discussed this a lot. I, I really think that The Bold and the Beautiful is a show where the entire cast likes each other. I think they are really careful when they bring new people in. They look for people who are going to fit in not only to the canvas, you know, as an actor, but also to the sort of family that they've created there. I think they're very protective of that. And I think that when you have a group of people who genuinely enjoy working together, it shows. You know, sometimes when you're watching other shows, 
you'll 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 find two people working together, and you'll say, "Wow, you can tell they really enjoy acting opposite each other." Mm -hmm. For example, on General Hospital, um, whenever Brian Craig and Maurice Bernard as Morgan and Sonny are in a scene together, you're like, "You can tell these two really they challenge each other and they enjoy working together, and they really you know their their, their scenes come alive." I think on Bold and the Beautiful, you've got so many people that have been there for so many years and that over the years, as new actors have come in or roles have been recast, I think they are really careful behind the scenes to make sure that, you know, nothing's going to come in and rock the boat. And, and I think that, as a result, shows on screen. And I think, too, you know, so many people have made over the years a whole hullabaloo, I just happen to like that word, out of the multiple triangles that are on the Bold and the Beautiful. And, you know, whether you're this team, that team, Leffy, low, hot, whatever it is, I don't think that they could get away with it if the couples, if the, the central figures in these triangles didn't have chemistry on both sides. For example, Kim Matula with uh, uh, Scott Clifton and with Darren Brooks. If there wasn't chemistry on both sides, I don't think that the triangles would be able to be in place for as long as they are. I agree, and it's something that, you know, we've talked about in regards to other shows. You know, I, I, there is, to me, if I was the head writer of a soap, the ultimate goal would be to have a triangle playing where you have people on both sides who are equally passionate, you know, where you have, in this case, you have a, a good vocal part of the audience wants to see Hope and Liam together, a good vocal part of the audience wants to see Hope and Wyatt. And that eternal struggle with the audience and, you know, sometimes playing one side of the triangle, sometimes playing the other. Now, I do, to a certain degree, I get the people who say, you know, oh, the show is, is so hope-centric. And, you know, and certainly we're in a period of that right now, although I've really enjoyed this week with all the stuff coming out about Ivy and, and the fact mm -hmm. that Quinn pushed her over the, 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 the bridge and all that. Um, and so I do understand saying that it's a little hope-centric, but to me, it always boils down to, do I like what I'm seeing? And I love the chemistry, like you were saying, the chemistry between uh, Kim Matula and both guys. I find that that they all three really bring this thing out where the dialogue feels so natural. It just, um, there are times when you just could swear that they have just turned the cameras on and said, you guys just hang out and talk to each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what? I get and that, I get that. Let me share something with you that I only just found out and perhaps you already knew. Um, every now and then I'll be, you know, we, we've both been in this industry for quite a while, so it's probably rather uncommon that you read an interview with someone and something comes up and you're like, oh, you know, I didn't know that. Not about the person themselves, but about how soaps work. Um, I, I was reading an Up Close and Personal today written by uh, one of our, our writers, Amy Helms, who covers The Bold and the Beautiful, and it was, she was talking to Scott Clifton. And in the course of the item, um, I found out that The Bold and the Beautiful, every episode, every day, has a scene that we don't see. Because in Italy, the show runs longer than it does here. So the writers write an episode that is not 
plot centric that's just oh, wow. that can be edited out really easily and that and and that every single episode apparently has this extra scene that we don't see uh and the actors really enjoy it because it tends to be scenes that because they can't move plot forward in the scene because it's going to be edited out in the u.s it, it tends to be more like personal intimate you know like one-on-one kind of character driven scenes and you can see those scenes on cbs.com you know how they're always saying see see more of the bold and the beautiful yeah. you really can <laughs> there really is extra stuff out there because they have to film this for each episode and 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 it gets edited out in the u.s well speaking of italy this gives me a, an opportunity for the second week in a row to say <clears throat> clearing the throat bellando con la stelle <laughs> and what is it you're saying I am saying Dancing with the Stars. Oh, yes. I should have known that. I just read I just edited a piece about that, about uh, Catherine. What do we think, briefly, before we talk about the other three soaps, what do we think of the potential for Brooke being off canvas for, say, three months? It's not that big a deal when you think about it. Um, they're going to basically very easily explain it, as they do every time someone goes off canvas. Brooke is going to, they're going to find out that there's kind of a mess going on over at Forrester International, and Surprise. you know, off she'll go, and she'll go to Forrester International. Um, and uh, Brooke is not in the hugest of stories right now. I mean, you know, yeah, she's got the stuff with Deacon going on and Bill, but. I, I do think that there's enough other stuff going on on the canvas that, especially since they're going to be playing more of the the Ridge, uh, Ridge Caroline stuff, and that impacts Rick and Maya as well. I think there's enough stuff going on that, you know, we can probably do this without missing her too much. Do you think B&B will do some similar thing to what the ABC soaps have done when one of their stars has been on the American version of Dancing with the Stars? Do you think in December, January, we're going to see a, a Brooke hoofing it up somewhere? No. Um, I mean, no, I don't. I mean, let's remember that I don't believe they did that. This isn't the first time Bold and the Beautiful has had one of their stars doing no, Ron this. Ron Moss um, has been there. Ron Moss did it, right. And I don't think different. that they, and I don't think they made any, you know, big deal about that. I, it, it was Ron it's Moss. It's not. It's not really a show that does that kind of thing, you know. Like, what are they going to do? Cut to cut to, to, to Ridge making a phone call to Brooke in Paris, and she's you know dancing atop the Eiffel Tower or something. Let's remember the last time she was on top of the Eiffel Tower, things didn't go so well. <laughs> we weren't. I wasn't quite thinking about it. I was thinking maybe when she comes back for New Year's. But for those of you who are listening, what do you think? Do you think in the months ahead, say around December or so, we will see Brooke Balando wing? Uh, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure that that's a real word, but do you think we'll see Brooke dancing? Share on the Twitter machine at Soap Central, hashtag at Soap Central Live or, or Bold and Beautiful, whatever it is that you can. We'd love to know what you think. We also would love to know what you think about some of the other soaps. So we would also thing, like to know. Oh, yes. We would also like to know why you're hashtagging stuff. Which of us you think would be the better dancer if we were to go and dance with the stars? So either hashtag Team Richard or hashtag Team Dan. Or hashtag team change the channel. <laughs> that might be an even competition. I don't know. That sounds like uh, we would have to consider that for Crawl Call. That could be very fascinating. But, uh, oh, Crawl Call. We are so going to talk about that when we're done with soaps. 
<laughs> Definitely. We'll see what happens. One of the things, you could consider the Balandro con Stelle, you can consider that maybe some sort of stunt that is being done to generate publicity in Italy for the bold and the beautiful. But the Young and the Restless over the past few years has done a lot of stunt casting to get American viewers to tune in. People who didn't necessarily need to be on the Young and the Restless, but they showed up and there may or may not have been any kind of success in doing so. I have to say, Richard Sims of Soaps and Depth magazine, that Meredith Baxter being added to The Young and the Restless is the best bit of uh, stunt casting, if, if you want to call it that in this situation, that Y&R has done in some time. She is an amazing addition to the cast. I have to say, Dan Kroll of Subcentral Live and soon-to-be Kroll Call, that I agree 100%. Here's the thing. I'm not a fan of stunt casting. I'm not. I just think, I, I, I don't think it really ever achieves the purpose it's meant to. You know, it doesn't suddenly bring in 10 million new viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Meredith Baxter being on The Young and the Restless is going to bring in new viewers. But... She's a good actress. Yeah. I like the part they've written for her, and that's why it works. It doesn't work because it's Meredith Baxter. It works because it's a part that makes sense. It, it, it's, it's an interesting story. I mean, in some ways, it's a little bit of the Meggie story that we had when they stunt cast Sean Young. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, she, she feels like she fits. Plus, they've connected her to other characters on the canvas with her being um, Stitch's mom and, you know, so she'll tie into his past as well. It's... Even though it is technically stunt casting, I think the reason it works is it doesn't feel like stunt casting. Well, I think the difference is that with I mean, you mentioned with the the Maggie Stern, I figure before, to me anyway, it seemed like they had a star that they could get, and they thought, uh, let's let's do something to get this person in for the Meredith Baxter role for Maureen. I feel like they had this story thought out really well they had the character of maureen and it just so happens that meredith baxter is playing the role rather than the other way around the the cart before the horse i agree completely i mean i'm not going to say i think this story was particularly well thought out because you know if, if this was a really well thought out story abby who ran down tucker would not be going around town saying how what ben did is such a horrible That's horrible true. thing and somebody would point out that you know somebody would point out really abby because nikki kill is a serial killer she's killed like three maybe four people that we know of um, you know, hell, maybe she killed Ian, too, uh, you know, because certainly Dylan seems to be protecting someone at this point. So so I don't think that the, the story is particularly well thought out, but I do think that that you're right in that they had a part and they saw the opportunity to cast her in that part as opposed to, hey, we've got Meredith Baxter, you know, what can we do with her? What can we create for her? It also makes for more interesting story, I think, for Katie McLean's Kelly. Um, I love Katie. I don't know that they made any effort to sort of adjust the character when uh, Cynthia Watros had to exit the show and they brought in Katie McLean. I don't feel like they did any zhuzhing to make the character make more sense for Katie. Uh, but I think now I, I like watching uh, Katie McLean and Meredith Baxter interact. It's sort of fascinating to see where it goes. And if anything else, it's made Kelly 
more interesting to me now, which is certainly helpful when you're talking about wanting people to tune in and be invested in these characters. Completely agree on everything you said, except one thing. I do feel like they uh, sort of changed the character. when, really? when Well, here's the thing. The Kelly that Cynthia Watros played would never have wandered through the park reciting poetry and That's getting true. all... You know, they, they turned her from this, you know, kind of tough chick into this bizarro, romantic, you know, she was, it was like she was lifted out of a romance novel and a cheesy one at that. And, and I don't really understand why they did that because certainly I think Katie did not feel natural at that. I love Katie McLean, but she did not feel right at that. And I think she would have, I think she would have done, done, you know, the transition would have been smoother and I think she would have been, um, you know, easy, more easily accepted if they had continued writing Kelly the way that they had been writing her, because Katie McLean can play Edge, you know? Right. I know some people don't think that. Some people look at her and see, you know, Dixie Cooney, and they don't think she can play Edge. But remember, she was also Rosanna. Rosanna. Yeah. And, and, and I really, I was, when they had Jack and, and Kelly wandering through the park reciting poetry to each other, I was like, who is this? This isn't Kelly. So I am interested to see now that they're, you know, now that they've got um, her mom on the canvas and how this will, you know, impact move forward. Because I agree, I think they play off each other really well. You mentioned things that, you know, may be sappy or maybe sort of stereotypical of soaps or whatever the case. General Hospital always tries to find a way to do something new, to take some chances. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. That's just the, the nature of any beast. I mean, I've done almost 250 episodes of this show, and I know that there are some shows that worked really, really well, and there are some things that, well, fell short. I think that they are to be commended for the Crichton Clark storyline. You know, if they had another $10 million in their budget, could it have been totally different? And could they have had special effects and, you know, Jurassic Park style animals? I'm sure they could have. Um, but, you know, I'm enjoying the fact that uh, so many months of story that people are wondering where are they going or why aren't they wrapping it up? I kind of like that they chose this big storyline in September, mind you, which they could have easily tried to save it for sweeps. I like that a lot of things are coming back together. I like that a lot of loose ends are in theory being wrapped up, probably only to be untied in a little bit. But, you know, for me, there I, I see people going after Ron and Frank on Twitter, and, and I'm not entirely sure why, or they don't like this particular couple, and as a result, think the whole show sucks. I'm finding it entertaining, even though there are moments where, you know, I'm scribbling down notes of, of potential critiquing. Uh, at least it's entertaining me and keeping me held to my television screen. Richard, do you agree with me? Do you, yeah, you're awfully I, quiet. I don't know what you're thinking. I'm being respectful. I know you're not used to that. But I, think <laughs> maybe it's because, I think maybe it's because I'm in the office. I have a whole different thing. Like, I'm not, like, sitting in my, home, in my living room eating bonbons the way I usually am when we chat. I'm actually at my office, so I'm, I'm being more respectful of your time and letting right. you finish your thoughts before I interrupt and say, oh, shut up, Dan. That's so wrong. No. Um, I agree. I you know, I'm very critical of General Hospital. Um, uh, I, I give it a lot of tough love. What, but what they're doing right now that I really, really, really have to give them major props for because they, in the past, when they have done big action adventure stories, for example, the Jerry Jack's Poisons in the Town mm -hmm. water supply, 
My big issue with that story, and I said it over and over and over again, was there was this big action-adventure story going on, but there was no person or couple at the heart of it. Well, that certainly can't be said with Crichton Clark. Not only are, like, five different story points all coming together at Crichton Clark, but we also have... You know, couples galore. I mean, you've got Maxie and Nathan sharing their first kiss. You've got Sam and Patrick sharing their first kiss. You've got Dante and Lulu, you know, them fighting to keep Stavros, uh, you know, from, from implanting the, implanting the uh, embryos into her. I, I mean, there are, there are couples at every single juncture of this storyline. And that, to me, makes the difference. Because even if you don't like all of the action-adventure stuff, which, you know, it's hit and miss. Some of it's a little campy. Some of it's a little over the top. Uh, some of it is just kind of badly staged because, you know, soaps struggle with doing this kind of thing. And I think they're doing an amazing job for what they've got to work with. Right. But even if you don't like any of that stuff, you've got the couples. I mean, you know, Nathan and Maxie were swoon-worthy the other day. Now, of course, you're going to have the people who look at it and say, you know, Sam and Patrick, when they were um, making out on the couch and then pulled back, I have not seen Jason Thompson and Kelly Monaco enjoying what they were doing. And I don't mean making out. I mean, just like the scene <laughs> before that, they were, they were smiling. You know, Sam and Patrick were smiling. I was like, are their faces broken? I have not seen them having this kind of fun in a long time. And I know that, you know, of course there's going to be the, 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 the Patrick Robin fans who, whenever you say anything about, oh, I like Patrick and Sam together, they freak out because you're, you know, you're trashing the memory of Scrubs. And no, what we're doing is, is I'm being uh, practical, recognizing that Kimberly McCullough does not want to come back full-time right now, and so they need to find ways of, of addressing the Patrick and, and Robin relationship and moving him forward, and that's exactly what they're doing. You know, they, they, they don't want to keep one of their, you know, handsome leading men in limbo until two years down the road if Kimberly McCullough decides if she decides she wants to come back full-time. So, you know, there's no, there's no reason that Patrick and Robin can't get another shot down the road should Kimberly decide to come back. But in the meantime, there's nothing more interesting than moving a couple forward with the specter of the past hanging over them. In fact, they're doing the same thing with Jason. You know, you move Sam and Patrick forward, and it's perfect timing because we know Jason is out there. Um, although, I have to say, I said this on Twitter yesterday, when they were, um, uh, when, when, when Jason was mugging, um, because, you know, we can't see his face, so, and when he was, when he he was sort of like miming, I can't talk. And he was like grabbing, I was like, if, if headless miming Jason doesn't wind up on the soup this week, then there is no God. I am just, I am, I am just wildly disappointed in Joel McHale and everyone at the soup if they do not put miming headless Jason on this week's episode. <laughs> Do you have odds? What do you think the odds are that they're going to put it on? 50-50. I mean, they, they have done General Hospital in the past. They did win, they did win uh, when little uh, Emma's baby wound up on the barbecue. They've done, they've <laughs> yes. done, they've done, they've done several times. They've, they've done the soup. So, or uh, they've, they've done General Hospital on the soup. So, fingers crossed. I hashtagged them and tagged them in my tweet. So, I'm hoping that, that they saw it and, and went and took a look at it and said, oh, yes, this is something we definitely want. <laughs> I'm also, when things like that happen, I even will give uh, some of these shows the time mark so they don't even have to do yes. the work. <laughs> I'm like, listen, Wednesday, 4.52. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, we have one other soap to talk about before we go on to talking about some other interesting, fascinating things. 
that are soapy in nature. We have Days of Our Lives, which is really sort of, we're getting to the finish line for E-Jammy, whether they're together or not, when Allison Sweeney and James Scott leave town remains to be seen. But Days is even casting folks for the summer of 2017. They've released some casting calls. Uh, I won't remember what they are until the time. But what do we think of, of Days of Our Lives and what do we think of the state that they're going to be in? You know, one character or two characters do not a show make. However, when you're losing two characters that are extremely central, it could be could be bad. What's the state of days, and how are they going to be able to get by, do you think? Well, the bigger problem is um, they're not losing two characters. They're really losing three, because right around this same time is when Eileen Davidson and Kristen will be leaving That's as true. well. So, I mean, those are three powerful powerhouse characters. Now... I mean, I think Days is positioning itself well for this. I think they're very smart that they're finally moving Hope into a new romance, you know, and then deal with the whole bow situation and move her forward. I really like the idea of playing, um, you know, they seem to have toyed with it. It hasn't moved forward too much, but I like the idea of, of Hope competing with Jennifer and Kayla for this guy's attention. I mean, they're all friends. They're all sort of vaguely kind of maybe related, I don't know, uh, the women uh, to to each other. And so, you know, it makes sense. It's almost like, it'd almost be like The Bachelor, you know, like see which one of these women gets his rose. Um, they also, they've got another, you know, they've got bad girls coming up. Um, the interesting thing is, Teresa is in quite the bind because, yes, you know, is. because Kristen has figured out, oh, wait a minute, it was her who bashed John on the head. So they have to figure out how to get her out of that. I assume that will somehow tie into Eileen Davidson leaving, you know, because basically Eileen, Kristen has to leave before that secret comes out or else Teresa has, you know, what do you do with Teresa? They have, they have Cassie DePaiva um, lined up and she's doing a great job as Eve. So there's a lot of good stuff to fill in the blanks, but What's going to be really interesting is what the story is that propels EJ and Sammy and separately uh, Kristen off the canvas because what they really need is a story that will, will you know, while everyone is watching this to see how EJ and Sammy leave, they need to have a secondary story running under it that's just as strong that the day, the day EJ and Sammy leave picks up and kicks on. You know, they need to make sure that they're not ignoring the canvas that's going Absolutely. to be left. Because that's, that's the mistake so many soaps make is they, they, they get viewer eyeballs with something like, you know, okay, we're going to have this major actor on or we're going to have this big story point, but they don't have anything going on at the same time so that once that story point is gone or once that stunt casting is gone, there's another reason to keep watching. Like maybe, maybe I tuned in just to see Shamar Moore. You know, what have you done that's going to keep me watching Absolutely. the next day? Uh, you know, and, and I think we can probably rule out, this may be somewhat of a spoiler alert, uh, but this was something that was submitted to the Days of Our Lives cast and crew. They were going to have EJ and Sammy go on a cruise, and that was going to be their finale. Really? They were going to go off. They were going to go on a seven-day cruise and go to the Bahamas and go to the casino and have little towel monkeys hanging from their stateroom. <laughs> That's, that would be terrifying. That would be absolutely terrifying. Towel monkeys hanging from the stateroom are terrifying. I speak from experience. 
I a understand. Friday cliffhanger right there. <laughs> I understand you may or may not have screamed like a little girl. Uh, I may, uh, no, there's no may or may not about it. The only thing is I may or may not have peed myself is what it is. <laughs> oh, oh, great. Well, then the towel would have come in very handy in a sort of <laughs> ironically misplaced way. Now, when we talk about fall, we are talking about some of the fall storylines that are coming up. We're talking about the state of soaps in the fall. Richard, there is something else coming this fall that... I'm very excited about, and no, it is not Daylight Savings Time or Daylight Standard Time or whatever the one is that comes in fall. It is a little show where Colin Curl Call. Well, you know, I think this is where I'm going to take over and ask you some questions here. God. Um, Because I know how much you love love having the tables turned. Are we allowed to do that? I I um, think there might be a... I wait. I'm consulting my judge over here, Charlie. That's okay, right? I'm allowed to, uh, to turn the tables and interview Dan, right? He said of yes. Charlie he said would yes. Say that. Of yeah, course. of course he would. He's on my side. So, so tell me about this. Um, I, it sounds like you're basically going to continue doing um, almost like you're doing this show, but opening it up to other topics. That's pretty much the way that I've been framing the discussion for Crawl Call is it's really everything that you love about Soap Central Live, but we're just opening up the door to allow in some other topics. Uh, you know, the, the reason that this sort of all started and, and came to be, Richard, was that I had the potential for, uh, we'll just say, a huge, huge A-name list star who wanted to be on the show. Uh, to promote a project that they had that was pretty much geared towards the audience, the soap audience, you know, when you think of demographics of soaps. And this person and I talked several times, and they wanted to do it, but their PR person would not allow them to do it. Uh, She kept saying, well, it's called Soap Central Live. I don't get it. He's not on a soap. And he's not going to be on a soap. And your your show is Soap Central Live, so I'm hearing like 80, uh, 80s Valley Girl. Like, oh my god, I don't understand <laughs> why you would totally want him on your show. Um, so meanwhile, in the, the bit of frustration of, of talking to this person, I said, okay, so you're telling me it's about the name. So you're telling me if the show was called I Like Cookies, you would send him over. And she said, more than likely, yes. And then, you know, there's that point where I get slightly pissy and i said okay what about i heart gonorrhea (laughs) and there was a pause uh, even i won't guest on that show (laughs) (laughs) and we all know i'll guest on anything but it's very catchy it's a very catchy title (laughs) so i want to see i want to see the logo (laughs) (laughs) i I don't know which one it is but the theme song is just the clap um and (laughs) I don't know what the, where this show is suddenly gone, but uh, she's paused and whatever, and she's, you know, you could see that the, the eyes were rolling around in her head, and the response was, well, it just doesn't make any sense to have the show called Soap Central Live. So the thought was, let's change the name of the show and continue doing everything that we want and everything that we love, and it'll allow us to bring in other topics that I think soap fans are passionate about. All the, f- the folks who are listening, you know, they engage with me on Twitter, we talk about other things, we talk about music and food. And, and, you know, fashion and how to save money and how to get the most out of your, your day with the time that you have. Everybody wishes they could have maybe an extra hour of time in their day. How could you do that? And on Crawl Call, that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at all of these things. We're going to have a, an amazing panel of experts in just a variety of topics. We're going to have critics. 
We'll be talking about prime time. We'll be talking about film, music, uh, movies. I mentioned that uh, there'll be you know relationship advice. We have a, a relationship, love, and sex advice show where people can call in. We have special guests. There's surprises. We're gonna have music actually playing in the show and perhaps some live performances. It's gonna be a lot of fun and it's a lot of work and it's very scary to have done something for 20 years and now decide, hey. Let's try to do something new and, and see what happens. But at the same time, you know, yes, it's very scary because you are doing something new. But the great thing is, you know, if – now, first of all, I think it's going to be wildly successful, especially since um, I intend to be crashing the show on a, on a fairly regular basis. Um, but, but, you know, if worst-case scenario it doesn't work out, it's not like you can't, you know, this is not a case where you can't go home again. You know, you can always turn right back around. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think you've got smooth sailing ahead. I, I, I kind of think that, um, you know, you've got, you and I have talked about some of the ideas and some of the guests, and I think you're, I think you're heading in the right direction, don't you? Uh, well, first of all, thank you for that. Thank you for your confidence. And, and I do want to put the, the big asterisks, bold, uh, 58 font size. This is not by any stretch of the imagination, any effort on my part to get away from the world of soaps. I've been doing it for 20 years. You guys are sort of stuck with me until the end of days, probably a poor choice of word, but until the end of time. <laughs> I was going to say that was a really bad choice of words. <laughs> you know, whatever. Until, until the end of time, uh, I, I'm not going away. If For me, this is just a, an opportunity to continue doing something that I love. Hopefully, for the folks who are listening, it's a, the ability to continue something that you love. We are going to continue to have soap people on the show. It's not a, a shutting. It's not a saying, hey, soap people, you know, go somewhere else. This is just opening up the show, opening up the content, allowing for people who are past and present soap people or, you know, to talk about other projects, to do things that maybe we would not be allowed to talk about in the scope of a 60-minute weekly all-things soap show. So I think that's going to be fun. And we have um, some really great shows that are tentatively scheduled that I can't talk about too much because I'm superstitious. However, we've got a wonderful Halloween show planned. We have some great things to help people prepare for the holidays, not just your your typical let's make a turkey. No, this is okay. Thanksgiving and Christmas are coming up. We're going to tell you all the things that you need to know in order to make sure that you don't uh, suffer the ill effects of holiday and eating and all the pies and all the cookies and things like that. And we'll have maybe some uh, some cooking demonstrations or we'll have some experts telling you what do you do when you know specifically that there are people coming to your Thanksgiving dinner that you don't like. What do you do? What do you need to get into the mindset? How do you set yourself up so that you don't end up having a, a fiasco at the Thanksgiving Day table? And, you know, there will also be, Richard, this is very exciting, there'll be video components of this show. It's not just going to be like Soap Central Live where it's online radio. There are going to be video components of actual set interviews. You know, We'll be doing interviews in different places and, and have them to, to pitch to. While we're talking about it on the show, there will be things that maybe you won't be able to, to have in a visual, in a, an audio-only format. So we'll kick you over to the website and you'll be able to watch the video of what we're talking about or see our experts giving you advice and you know, someone who talks about how to have a look for less, 
they may be in Target and see that look for less or some ideas that you can find in the Target or the Kmart or the JCPenney's or, or, or wherever it is that you go, Macy's, and they'll be able to show you in a video on the spot what you need to know, what you need to do, and I think that that'll be a whole lot of fun. I'm hoping that, again, I'm hoping that people enjoy it and they well, can Well, you know right what now. that sounds like? That what does sounds it sound like? like? That sounds like the Bold and the Beautiful's extra stuff. You know, can't fit it all in the episode? We'll shove it over here. <laughs> well... You know, uh, we're all about shoving things to... Internet. Careful. Careful. Well, You've already know. done gonorrhea. Do you really want to go that extra step? <laughs> well, let's make... I didn't do gonorrhea. Uh, it's, yeah, it's let's an not start any nasty rumors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm, uh, What's no. your timetable? Well, it... We are, in theory, we are in the one-month mark. We are... Ah, uh, are you terrified? It, I am, because there are still some outstanding things that uh, have not yet been finalized, like the theme song. Uh, we're still working on that. There's a theme song that I absolutely love, but I don't know that I have the rights to use it, so that's out. But I've got commercials, I've got video segments, I've got the guests who want to be a part of the show. Uh, some of the folks like yourself who, you know, fans are thinking, oh, gee, you know, we won't be able to have our, our banter between Richard and Dan anymore. Well, no, A, I'm going to continue to crash your show. And I'm going to say. <laughs> B, you're going to be able to come on and now talk about all of those other things that are in your mind and in your head. That <gasps> Can we talk Disney? We can. And, you know, these are some of the things that... Uh, I want people to suggest ideas, Richard. That's more than, than anything else. I would like to suggest that we talk about Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I have made a note of that now twice, as, as you've said it two times. So I have a note. Uh, but, you know, things that, uh, that people want to know about. Maybe there are things that come up in their everyday lives. Maybe there are things that they're concerned about. Maybe uh, we're going to be also putting out sort of casting calls, telling people, hey, if you would like to have some advice on a relationship issue or on a family issue you don't necessarily have to give your name but we would you know certainly it's it's all friends we all love each other we're all part of the big soap family and and the Kroll call family we well. want you to call in and talk to our guests we're we're not going to just give folks one angle we're going to have a licensed therapist but we may also have a celebrity guest who happens to be on that show who will also be sticking around and giving you advice on the problem you'll have me there may be other people so you'll get a, a lot of different opinions on how to handle issues uh, a lot of the folks have been on soap central live and they're going to be on Kroll call uh, one of the things that I'm looking forward to, this is a, a sneak peek that I can definitely tell people, uh, we are going to have an 80s, 90s music countdown show very <gasps> early on with my good, good friend and friend to the show, Orfe. She had a album out in the late 80s. It was a number one club hit for every other day. She and I are going to count down some of our favorite late 80s, early 90s music and... Uh, let's just say that the songs that we choose will be very conducive to having some special guests on the show. All right. You know, for those of you who don't know, like if you don't follow Dan on Twitter and you really should at Dan J. Kroll, um, he is borderline obsessed with two things, mermaids. And countdowns. He loves, like, Casey Kasem and the countdown. He listens to it all the time. It's one of his favorite things. So if anybody... So I can totally see you having a blast with you and Orfe doing that. And, you know, and being that she is 
an insider into music should be able to give us some of the behind the scenes stories on some of these artists and uh, you know again we hopefully as it's all falling into place we may even have some of those artists come on the show as we're doing the countdown to talk about the songs to introduce them to give you the behind the scenes story of what they were writing about Uh, i think it could be could be a lot of fun. And yes, I do like the countdowns. Every weekend on the internest, I will be listening to the 80s countdown. It's Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific on Sirius XM's 80s channel. And then on Saturday, if I'm in my office doing work at noon Eastern, the 70s countdown comes on. And then at 4 p.m., <laughs> The 90s countdown comes on, and you know, I'm I don't know, I, I've loved See, music. I told you he's obsessed, he's obsessed with countdown. It, but it's for me, you know, one, it's important for folks to know that unlike some folks who are experts in certain areas where they can only talk about one particular thing and they don't know how to move outside of, of that box of talking about things, I have a lot of interest. I've always had a lot of interest. I just haven't necessarily always had a venue or forum to be able to talk about all those other things, which is why I think Kroll Call will be a lot of fun. But even with music, I love a lot of different types of music. I'm not someone who I can't imagine not listening to you know old music i love music from the 70s i love music from most of the 80s and most of the 90s and i love music today so it should be hopefully again it should be a lot of fun and one of the other things that will be a lot of fun to be able to talk about are primetime shows richard that aren't necessarily soap related now we sort of Mm -hmm. stretch the boundaries by doing things that are soapy even if they don't want to be called soaps but there are a lot of interesting fall television shows that are new this year that I'm looking forward to talking about because on the Kroll Call Twitter feed, it's at Kroll Call Show. Don't follow it without the word show in it because it's somebody who has that name and I'm going to bully them until I get it. But <laughs> for now, it's... Offer them $10. I find that that's often the breaking point. Okay, they, don't, well, they won't sell for nine ninety nine, but they'll sell for 10 We'll start a Kickstarter campaign to get this yes. <laughs> Twitter handle. We'll see how much money we can raise. But it's at Kroll Call Show for now. And I was asking people, what new series are you most looking forward to this fall? And there were two really big runaway answers. The first was Gotham, and the second was How to Get Away with mm-hmm. Murder. Mm-hmm. I knew those would be the two. I knew those would be the two. Those are the ones that everybody, they're on everybody's, everybody's radar. You know, I mean, How to Get Away with Murder is, and it's, it's an interesting distinction. People keep thinking that this is from Shonda Rhimes. It is not. Like, she did not write this show or create it. She is actually just the executive producer. Um, uh, But it it does. It looks really awesome. And Gotham, you know, is one of those great shows where um, it's sort of the the prequel to Batman with with, with um, all of the various villains in their younger days. So that does. That looks really cool. Um, and yet, you know what? As of two days ago, neither of those shows are the show I am most anticipating for this fall. Well, let me, before I ask you who it is, because I do want to know, I'm, you know, one of the things that I've learned in doing internet radio is the importance of subtlety. And with that, folks can make of this what they will, Richard. You know, just, they can just listen and they can just, you know, move on to the next topic. But (laughs) someone who stars in Gotham is Jada Pinkett Smith. And Kroll Call will be debuting this fall. Hmm. 
Interesting. So what are the... I'm doing a little math here. Hmm. I'm doing a little math here. Hmm. Carrying the one. Hmm. I think I've done the math. I think I have the answer to the riddle that you have well, not to... You, you know, subtlety, subtlety is not your thing or mine. It really is. Riddler we're, we're, is... We're, we're about as subtle as, like, you know... Well, you know, you just you just let people, you put things out there, just like Ron Carlovati mentioning that he was having a Frisco melt on Twitter the other day, and people, you know, weren't sure if he was really eating a Frisco melt or if it was some sort of message to people, but it is what it is. What is the show, Richard, that you are looking forward to? Uh, I think it might, I, I, I have a guess, maybe. I think you know, but go ahead. Is it Jane the Virgin? No, although that show is really, really good. Um, I've, I've seen the pilot of that, and it's, if you're a fan of telenovelas, um, you know, this is, this is kind of a brilliant thing that the CW is doing. It's, it's a comedic telenovela. It plays by all the rules of a telenovela, but does so with sort of a, 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 com- a comedic twist. Is it and, like an Ugly Betty type of comedy? Um, sort of, except more over the top. Like Ugly Betty, you know, when, when Ugly Betty came out, they sort of, it was based on a telenovela, and so they sold it as being sort of, you know, based on the telenovela. Um, but it really had no, no resemblance to a true telenovela. It, 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 it had, a, you know, every now and then they would do an over the top plot kind of thing, but it really was pretty tame for the most part. This show, by the time you get to the end of the first episode of Jane the Virgin, you will be like, how are they going to do this every week? <laughs> you know, it, it just, the, there are so many little twists and turns and, and, and developments just in the first hour that I was, I was just intrigued and blown away. And the lead actress is so charming. It's, it's a really fun little show. I don't know if it'll, my fear is that the CW, that's, that yeah. it might not be the best market for it, but, I really have high hopes for it because it is, it is a fun little show. Well, let me quit and interject on that before we find out the answer to yours. Jane the Virgin, you guys have to wait a little bit longer till it debuts. It's going to debut Monday, October 13th at 9 p.m. on The CW. How to Get Away with Murder, which we also just talked about, is much sooner. It's next week. It is Thursday, September 25th at 10 p.m. on ABC. It follows Scandal, which is moving to 9, and Grey's Anatomy, which is moving back to 8. And the other show that we talked about, Gotham, which uh, one of the stars is Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, <laughs> debuts on... I wish you could talk to her. I really like her. I, I would love to. I mean, you know, and her husband, Will, is from Philadelphia, so that would be a very nice connection, me being here in, well, I'm in San Francisco at the moment, but I live in Philadelphia. But Gotham debuts Monday, September 22nd at 8 p.m. on Fox, so that will be this coming Monday. Uh, set your TiVos or, or be prepared to sit in front of the television, whatever you do. That might be a, a show to live tweet. I'm kind of excited about that. And Richard is now going to reveal his most anticipated series of fall 2014 and it is it is almost a little fair to call a, a little unfair to call it my most anticipated series because as of today i've seen the first four episodes i'm oh, cruising wow. through um but it's it's a show called grace point uh oh. it's it's a 10-part mystery series being done by fox and um, it's based on uh, the BBC series Broadchurch. Now, I have not seen Broadchurch, but I'm told that it basically starts the same, but then changes drastically. But it's if you're a fan of sort of moody mystery 
whodunit thriller kind of stuff. It stars David Tennant, who many people remember as Doctor Who, and it takes a little getting used to because he sounds, he doesn't have the accent, so he sounds very odd, and Anna Gunn, who was on Breaking Bad, and it is just, uh, like I said, I started watching it yesterday. I have the first seven of, it's a ten episode series, I have the first seven episodes, and I've I've watched the first four, and I'm just, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm basically freebasing it. I can't get enough of it. It's so good. So we've had freebasing and gonorrhea all in the course of 45 minutes. That's just wonderful. Uh, and that, and maybe that's a clue to a show that will be coming up on Crow Call. Call. Interesting, but <laughs> I, I, it might be. Who knows? That could be a very interesting hour. There may not be a... That, maybe that'll be the season finale. Grace Point debuts, for those of you who want to check it out, Thursday, October 2nd at 9 p.m. on Fox. Check your local listings and set your TiVos accordingly so that you can check that out. Richard, do you have any interest whatsoever in knowing what shows I'm looking forward to this fall? Well, let's see if I can guess. Um, maybe Manhattan Love Story. That seems like something you might like. Um, I don't know. I don't really know your primetime taste, honestly. It's something that this past hour has been. Fascinating? A freak show. American Horror Story. <laughs> American Horror Okay, good. American freak Horror Story. Story. That's freak good. Freak show debuts Wednesday, October 8th at 10 p.m. on FX. And for those of you who've wondered what the American Horror Story thing is all about and you think, eh, it's been on for three years, going on the fourth one now, I'm not going to try to jump in. The great thing is that you don't have to have watched any other episode because mm-hmm. each season is its own standalone episode. If you want to watch the others, all of them are – seasons one and two are out now on dvd and blu-ray seasons three i don't think will be out until closer to the release date uh, of the new series but i'm looking forward to it i don't find clowns creepy Uh, a lot of people do a lot of people are scared of them um but there's a creepy clown this season so that should be good for you know poos and giggles just as it is but one of the other shows that I'm looking forward to, I think Jane the Virgin should be fun, but we talked about it. Um, the comedy that is getting a lot of promo on ABC right now, Blackish, looks like it will be hilarious. It oh, thank God. Me. I thought you were going to say selfie. <laughs> no, but I, I will I was tell have you. To hang up. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, it's good that you mentioned that. Here's something I found fascinating because we – I want to say that we talked about this on, on Soap Central Live at some point in the past, but I've noticed – They've completely changed the marketing tact for yes. Selfie. It's no longer Paris Hilton trying to fit into the real world. They've completely switched the message, and it looks like a totally different show. And I'm almost wishing that or, or betting that if they could get away with changing the name, that they would have changed the name because I think most of the stuff, most of the negative backlash that they've gotten has been based solely on exactly. the title of the show. And you would think that they would have learned. I mean, they went through this exact same thing with, with Cougar Town. They went through this exact same thing where it was a great show with a bad title. And they had to know. I mean, even when, you know, I, I imagine, I often imagine whether it's, you know, talking about stories on daytime or talking about shows, whatever, I, I imagine sitting in a writer's room and I imagine the writer saying, hey, you know, we're thinking of calling the show Selfie. And I don't get how nobody in the room said, A, that's kind of dated, and B, does that really sound like something that's going to have a shelf life? Like, you know, like you hear Friends, and you can see that running 20 years. You hear Selfie, you don't think this sounds like a show that's going to run 20 years. You know what I mean? 
No, I mean completely. But there are some other shows that have had odd names over the years, or there's some that that had okay names that didn't last. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm I'm anxious to see one of them that has uh, somewhere probably in the middle is on CBS. It's called Stalker. It's got Dylan McDermott. Ooh. I liked last season's hostages i mean yes it was a little soapy and it was a little crazy and whatever but it was great and entertaining and it was never meant to in theory this is what they say it was never meant to have to last more than the 13 episode uh, sort of mini series type event stalker to me looks like it could be the same thing even though i think they're they're trying to get it going long term but the previews have been good. It looks like it could be creepy. I, it's in the, the 10 o'clock hour on CBS on Wednesdays, so they have the ability to go a little bit further over the line if they want to, but it does come back to the fact this is the same network that brought us Murder, She Wrote and uh, How I Met Your Mother, so I don't know if they're going to be able to go too far over the line. On the other hand, it's also the network, and they are now running ads very specifically targeting this for that show. This is also the network that brought Criminal Minds, which, you know, this is a show that that each week terrorizes us into believing that there's a serial killer in every town in the United States of America. Um, You know, I I will tune into Stalker, but I I really have a feeling, for me it sounds like it's going to be a little you know, kind of case of the week procedural kind of thing. I I really like, you know, you mentioned, um, uh, what was the show that was only, uh, uh, Hostages. Oh, Hostages. I'm a really big fan of that kind of thing. A couple years ago during the summer, CBS did Harper's Island, which was mm-hmm. basically a horror movie stretched out over 13 episodes. Uh, Grace Point is designed to be a, you know, it can always go to a new season, but it's designed to be 10 episodes following one murder case. I'm a, I would like to see networks doing more of that, more like self-contained yeah. stuff that lasts, you know, a season. It doesn't mean you can't go beyond that season, but, you know, the American Horror Story, great example. Exactly. Having a completely different setting, a completely different story each season. I, I love that kind of thing. And, I mean, I guess in a way it's a little bit of a risk because if – you know, three episodes into, let's say three episodes into Freak Show, people decide, eh, I'm not really into this season. There's not much you can do to get them back, you know, because it's not like next week you're going to have a whole new story. Whereas a show like Stalker, I'm not really into the Stalker of this week, but next week looks good. (laughs) You know, next week, I think next week Stalker looks cute. (laughs) But I think in theory it makes it a better quality show. I agree. Again, because you have the ability, you know, that you have to get it done in 13 episodes. It isn't the, eh, we can always wrap this up next season. No, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Unless you do what Under the Dome did, which Under the Dome was sold to us as a, you know, 10, 12 part, one season thing. It was going to be, it was just going to be one season following the the, the book story of Under the Dome. And then three episodes in, they said, oh, by the way, we think we're going to make a season two. And maybe in season three. And at that point, you know, I feel like that's a bait and switch. I feel like that, I feel like CBS really pulled a bait and switch on that and told us that this was going to be a limited, you know, this is going to be a mini-series event kind of thing. And then said, oh, yeah, we're going to keep it going. And, you know, that my, to me says, and that to me says you didn't know at the beginning how this was going to end, and I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah, and you know, my grandmother, Nana, as we call her, uh, originally thought... God, why am I announcing this on the radio? She originally thought that the name of the show was Under the Doomy. <laughs> you know, my mom once uh, went to a record store many years ago for uh, trying to buy my Christmas present. And uh, uh, 
uh, I, I get a call from the record store saying, uh, you know, she's here looking for something called DP Peachy Mood. And I'm like, yeah, no, no. She wants Depeche Mode. <laughs> Depeche Mode. <laughs> Violator. <laughs> That's violating in all sorts of ways. But yeah. I don't want to violate the next show's time slot, so that means we are unfortunately out of time for today's show. Richard, let everybody know where they can find you, what you're up to, and all of that other good stuff. Pretty much if you log on to the internet, you're going to find me. <laughs> I am uh, the executive editor of Soaps in Depth, so you'll find me on Twitter at Soaps in Depth ABC and Soaps in Depth CBS. You'll also find my personal account at How Rude Are You. And if you feel like following my, 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 my adventures on Facebook and seeing pictures from my crews, you can go to facebook.com slash and that's T-R-A-L-F-I-E. And uh, I suspect that once Cole Call gets up and running, you'll be able to find me uh, lurking around there a little bit, too. In the shadows, like any true villain does. <laughs> <laughs> and you will also uh, be talking a little bit about other things on the Kroll Call website, which will be coming to you soon at krollcall.com. For me, if you want to track me down, I'm, as Richard said, I'm at Dan J. Kroll. I'm talking about all sorts of things. The official Soap Central Twitter account is at Soap Central, and Kroll Call is at Kroll Call Show. Remember the show, otherwise you'll be talking to some horny teen in Dubuque who may or may not have any idea. What is that really call. who has it? <laughs> it? Well, you know, you can go and look at the picture and, and draw your own conclusions. And, of course, at SoapCentral.com. We have a few more episodes to go before we get to episode 250 of Soap Central Live. I'm very excited. That'll be on October 3rd. But we've got a couple of shows before then, so... Join us next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Talk Radio Network for more of the continuing saga that we like to call. What do we call it, Richard? I don't know, but you're in trouble now because apparently the Kroll Call Kid is a part-time ninja. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Well, that's not good. But we'll find out if the ninja comes after me next week on Soap Central Live. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.